Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. 
Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I'm gonna give y'all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. Scalpel. Scalpel. Tweezers. Tweezers. Ham sandwich. Ham what? Sandwich. I was going to eat lunch when I got my oil changed earlier, but take five is so fast I didn't have time. But sir, you can't eat during surgery. Eh, one bite won't hurt. Mm. Whoops. Uh, Napkin. Napkin! At Take 5, your oil change is faster than you think. Take 5, the stay-in-your-car 10-minute oil change. This is Del Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charities, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Seriously, now, now I don't, I don't know where to go on this Tuesday. And you know, look, a, a longtime radio professional at your service here, but I've got a little bit of a dilemma today because I really don't know where to start. Today's show is like a, um, it, it's like a buffet. With a hundred of my favorite items on it. Like my, my five favorite food items, all made by the people that make it the best. That's what today's show feels like. I don't know where to start. Matt, do we, do we start with the Vols because all politics are local? Do we admire what Clemson did on national television last night. Let's let's start there. And then we'll get into the Vols. Man, when you don't have a quarterback that you feel good about and can really, really trust in this era, you don't have a chance. Poor Clemson. Matt, did we steal their soul last year? Is that what happened in the Orange Bowl? Did we just rip it right out of their chest? We 
we took our soul back from them. That's what happened. And now they're they're kind of in their kind of this down downturn where you know when you when when you openly don't yes. support in this era, um, that's going to negatively affect you. Uh, you've had to had some coaching turnover, and when you don't have a generational quarterback like Deshaun Watson and, and Trevor Lawrence, you can look pretty pedestrian. And you know they just they don't have they don't have great players. Like that wasn't a fluke last night. I, I know that they struggled in the red zone, but oh, Duke no. was the better. Duke was the better team, much better. And I think I mean if they play, and if they play ten times, I think Duke wins what like at least seven or eight. They were legitimately just as good. You know, Clemson doesn't have those difference makers up front anymore, and they definitely don't at receiver. I mean, they have about as average receivers as you can get. So I, just, I, I couldn't possibly I'm agree sure, with you I'm more. Do you think Dabo's still going to run down that hill uh, by himself for their next home game? Matt, have you seen Dabo? Did you see him last night? I mean, no offense to the guy, but he's grown some man boobs. What happened to that guy? He looked wor- He looked like he'd been in the film room ordering pizza all summer. Run he down the hill. The only he might roll down the hill. Did you see, he, he had his look, big and husky. He, he, he looks like a coach who doesn't have answers. No, he looked. He had and his he, big and husky pants on last night. No offense to the guy. They need to have him running down that hill and fall on his face. Get some kind of meme or gif or something. God, you know, we Brian. saw that in the bowl game last year. They have no really playmakers to just scare you and keep you up at night. No, they're pedestrian. We saw it in the bowl game. You think he'll start wearing an their, orange sweater vest? Their defense is pretty good. <laughs> but think about it. They, they had over Catching 400 trees. yards of offense and 29 first downs and scored seven points and literally could have been shut out if not for a Duke Muff putt in the red zone. Well, just, I think just like the ball game where they went up and down the field. Went up and down the field. And kept, and kept turning it over in the red zone, missing field goals. So great. And all that stuff. Why is it? I'm back. To, I'm back to this whole thing. Why is it the people? Because there's there's a reason. Dabo has Butch Jones kind of heat. He just elicits from people. Why is that, Matt? Why does Dabo elicit Butch Jones heat from people? Everybody's popping popcorn for this. Everybody's, and then last night it was embarrassing. They were trying to sell Duke to us last night during that telecast. I don't know if you guys noticed that, but they were like, "Circle whatever the date is." Duke and Florida State play. Circle the circle the date for what? Are you kidding me? This Cade Klubnik guy is horrendous, Ewans. They went and got that Riley guy. Did you see the Riley guy over there, Matt? What in the world? No, that's that's a program that that has high expectations and has all the all the bells and whistles at their facilities with slides and all that. And yep. that's, that's a program that's back to being a you know kind of that seven or eight seven to nine win type deal. And well, then, you know, and, and then, Florida, now Florida State, you know, kind of got their footing back. Uh, I mean, Florida State will beat that Clemson team by about 
by about five or six touchdowns here in a few weeks. Well, another another tale of the portal, Matt, is Dabo Swinney um, is a guy that's very, 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 very vehemently anti-portal. It's not his culture. He either gets in that portal or he's about to get run over. We better get more in the portal, Matt. After what I saw in week one, it is time for everybody to come to that conclusion. You need to fight for the best players in the offseason. Speaking of portal, it's ironic the quarterback they got rid of you last year is now shining at Oregon State. Wow, that guy can't play, Brian. Come on. But he looked much better than he ever did at Clemson. Brian, he can't play. But Dabo's kind of like Butch. He never was a coordinator mm-hmm. before he got the head That's coaching a job. Great point. He just happened to he just happened to get into a situation that was ready to. He got a, a quarterback. He got Taj Boyd, who who he was gifted, and then he got Watson, and then he got Lawrence, who Butch Jones said couldn't play. Yeah, and there you have it. He just kind of got lucky with a lot of things that happened that really weren't much of his making. Matt had a great long piece a couple years ago of how they stole our program. It'd be good, Matt, to pull that thing out and look at it because Tennessee has stolen the program back. What do you make of this portal thing, Matt? What do we make of it? It's the, it's the story of the weekend. Week one, it, it is the story in college football. The transfer portal is the story. In co- because Clemson refuses to do it, they just got lapped, Matt. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, no, I, I I think what what Deion Sanders and Colorado's doing is kind of the exception, but you have teams like Florida State who you know picked and chose and got a, a handful of guys who who are key players now. You know, Tennessee's even kind of done that to an extent. You know, their their left tackles a, a portal kid. Um, you know, quarterback. Obviously, we started a, a transfer quarterback the entire time under Hypel. So, yeah. like, ten, like people use the portal, and you have to you have to be effective at it. Um, but I, I do think what Colorado's doing, and I think with with Sanders, it, it's a little bit different. He can attract a lot a lot more and a lot better players than than your average program. But you do have to. I think what at least probably maybe six to twelve like high impact. Portal players a year is probably what you need to shoot for. ETN's brother was on Twitter the other day, plays for Brian Shags, talking about how they need to go, uh, how his brother needs to sign up for Deion Sanders and Coach Prime. And he had to actually come out in the press yesterday and distance himself from his brother's comments, which is really next level when you stop and think about it. And Deion Sanders is another polarizing guy. There are a lot of people listening to me that hate hate Deion Sanders vehemently. I'm going to tell you something. What Colorado did in week one is incredibly great for college football. Clemson losing last night is incredibly great for college football. We need new blood, new blood, new blood, new blood. Tennessee was a great story last year for college football. Well, Ohio State struggling on offense is great too mm-hmm. because they mm-hmm. didn't look like a team that's a playoff team in their mm-hmm. first game mm-hmm. texas and alabama this weekend great for college football oh, that's gonna be oh i can't wait 
I can't wait for this weekend. This weekend is going to be so fun. Dabo Swinney's on that all-time annoying team. Butchie Boy's on it. I don't know why that is. Because I've got it. We should like what Dabo stands for, because I think he stands for good things. You know, but, Clemson used to be, they kind of were like Duke in a way because they were sort of Alabama's kryptonite earlier when they're the only team that could beat them. And now they've gotten to be where they're almost public enemy number one to a lot of Tennessee fans. Well, they had they had a bunch of star players who openly said that they wanted to come to Tennessee, and if if things had been right here, they would have been here. I mean, their that whole national title team, all those key players, even ETN had said he grew up a Tennessee fact. All those guys were, you know, and obviously T Higgins, you know, from here. Lawrence, you know, idolizes Peyton Man. Like all those guys wanted to come to Tennessee. If you would have had, we um, had such incompetence over here. Yeah, that, if you'd have had this regime right now. None of that would have happened for them. None of that would have happened. If he had had a hype on, none of that would have happened. If he'd have walked Trevor Lawrence right out there and said, you're my, you're my quarterback. What's amazing last night, though, guys. You, you, fit, our, yeah. you fit our system. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, easily. <laughs> you know, why was it so enjoyable last night, though? I'll tell you how in the weeds I am. I was decrying, why would ABC put that game on, or ESPN, why would they put that game on television last night as a standalone game on a holiday? And it turned out to be, it was like roasting marshmallows. It was so enjoyable. It was literally like sitting around campfire with your friends and saying goodbye to summer. It was so enjoyable, Matt. That that's coming from a noted noted Duke hater. Although I guess that's more just basketball. Yeah, it's basketball. But you did, yeah, you can't really compare the two. But it, 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 no, it was it was fun to see. Uh, Dabo brings it all on himself. Why the way he acts in the press conferences and some of the the arrogant stuff, which while it comes off as fake, I do think it is genuine. Like I think that's who he is, but it just comes off just really abrasive and then. And then he has to start defending it publicly, and it, it's just a bad look for him and, and his program. Well, I'll go back to where he went over to recruit T. Higgins. He went over into Oak Ridge and was sort of accessible to everyone over there where Butch sort of roped himself off and had somebody carry an umbrella for him. You're right, Brian. He Completely. sat in the stands. He sat in the stands with people. Uh, Dabo yeah. Swinney did. He sat up there and... Hung out with people, and I, I don't know. I, there's something very, very off-putting about him. Very off-putting. Um, and there was, I, I took pleasure in watching them getting just hammered last night. Because the truth is, that's a fake deal. They play in a fake league with a path of least resistance. I've maintained in the last 10 years that if they were in the Southeastern Conference, it would have been a different story for them. But they're not. They're not. So you don't have the wear and tear that a usual Southeastern Conference team has. You just don't. But for the media last night, those guys doing that game to sit there and pretend like Duke is now some kind of um, uh, 
contender in that league? I mean, no. Duke's a nice story. Elko's a nice story. Duke's a nice story. They have a nice quarterback. Their defense looks pretty good. They have a DB, Matt, that got run down from behind 20 yards by Cabe Klubnick. I don't know if anybody else saw that, but yeah, that doesn't <laughs> yeah. happen in this yeah. league. That doesn't well, happen yeah, in this that's league. That's the best thing he did all night was yeah. Yeah. effort-wise. Yeah, good tackle. Yeah, were his, I guess his parents weren't at that game. Were they not there? Because they didn't show him. So. <laughs> well, they, they showed him every other break every other cutaway during that article. I know. Maybe maybe they just decided to take it easy on them, or maybe they hid. Who knows? One other observation for you. To see Clemson lose to a team who, when they rushed the field, it literally looked like, and I'm not knocking this, okay, but it looked like a Catholic high school football game, Matt, when they emptied the stands. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if anybody like else had that thought. Security <laughs> down there pretending to hold them back. Oh yeah, yeah, they were they were down there pretending to hold them back. It's like there was 150 kids running on the field. Lugabill's yeah, down there acting every, like every one of them was at the 8 a.m. class this morning. And <laughs> man, did, did Duke ever have they, have they ever rushed the field at home before? Lugan. Brian, I don't think they knew they had a home football stadium. <laughs> have you have you ever seen a Duke football game, a home game? There, there was more people on the field than there have been at most of their games. It's, it looked like uh, Clemson. I mean, it looked like a Catholic had just let out, stormed the field. No offense. Wow, Matt, was that a great weekend with mediocre games? Are you going, you guys going to tell me this isn't going to be a great season? The run-up to the year, all year, I was saying, my belief is this is going to be one of the great, compelling seasons we've ever seen because there's so many moving parts. You've got this political stuff going on behind the scenes. You've got this crazy transfer portal. You've got this nutty guy at Colorado who you can't take your eyes off of, which is a story I didn't know was going to be a story, but it's a story. You've got a major league that's falling apart, and every team in there is undefeated. Yeah, you've got a major league falling apart. You've got every team on Tennessee's schedule for the next four weeks is, has lost games. And this thing's going to be wild, man. This season is going to be wild. Wild. And Matt had a great point about the Vols. The Vols played a ACSC opponent. And how did you put it, Matt? There's not today over at tclub.team, Matt filed a couple thousand word report and a lot of interesting stuff and it will drill down here in a little bit. But one of the things that Matt said was they're just it's a there's just not much to talk about coming out of the game, and that's a good thing, Matt. That is a good thing. Yeah, I mean up. Mainly any observations you could take away would be negative. Um, you know, you didn't really have – you had, didn't have any injuries. Yep. Uh, sounds like score-wide going to be good to go. So, you know, there's not a ton to take away other than maybe some of the kind of the depth chart type stuff of, of who goes in when and, and who's on certain special teams units and things like that. But, no, it was and, – and Tennessee took care of business. So that's – and that, that was good. So – not a, not a ton to take away. Won't be a ton to take away this week either. But um, still be the first home game, um, which is always uh, one of the great days of the year. Well, and let's stay healthy, right? 
That's all. Let's stay healthy. Stay healthy. I mean, they they could win with Connor Tolley quarterback this week. Uh that's correct. That's correct. So let me ask you this, Brian. What do you make of? And I'm going to ask the living listener this. What do you make of Tennessee's throwback uniform? Apparently they have to wear these because of some contractual thing. That's what I'm hearing. Is that do you guys find that do you guys find that to ring true? And Brian, what do you think of the mix of the smoky gray uniform, which to me screams Butch Jones era, no offense. But the kids like it. But it's 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 I mean, we're gonna do third down for what? In a stadium, too. And Butch's uh, chant and cheers. What do, you, what do you make of that throwback uniform where they're mixing the Conjure Holloway, the shoulder pad, with the smoky gray? I think it falls flat myself, I, just like that color I'm, does. I'm not a fan, but I don't hate it. I find it hard to believe the kids actually, it's something the kids would like. I agree that with much. that. I find that hard to believe. People say that. I just, I just don't, I don't believe that. I think the black, I can believe they'd like that. But I, I'm sort of indifferent towards it. Matt, you're not a big uniform guy, so I'm going to engage you on this. But what do you think of those those gray uniforms? Uh, well, they're they're definitely different and unique, and I, I would have preferred they they went with just the the white with the the orange shoulder pads God, like they beautiful. wore. God, I guess it was UNLV to open 04. Oh, those are beautiful. The, the, the true throwbacks. But, mm. I mean, you know, I it, I don't have a problem with it. I just I just want the team to play well. Whatever they want to wear, they wear. As, as long as Condor Holloway kind of signed off on it or had some input, that's that's really all that matters to me. As long as he likes them, that's good That's good enough for me. God, those things are really ugly. 865-200-5402 if you have that's a thought on the That's probably why uniform. they wore them for Austin P. Huh? That's, pro- that's probably why they wore them for Austin P because they knew they wouldn't be, you know, universally loved. But they had that contract, and they, you know, they'll sell some. They'll sell some of them, and that's that's really ultimately what the the goal of that is. Well, that's right. I just I don't know. I would love to think that, you know, if you're going to do an alt uniform, it would be so cool. That that thing from 04, Matt, those things were really cool and really beautiful. It would be so cool to bring those things back. And the kids would love those, by the way, because those things look very... Because retro's in right now. There's a reason the Mitchell and Ness people uh, made an empire out of selling throwbacks. All the old old, uh, ABA jerseys, the Denver Nuggets, all the old... All that old stuff from the 70s. Stuff looks cool, man. Once you've let it age a little bit. And those Tennessee uniforms from the early 70s, the, the, especially the one look with the Conjure Challoway with the, with the full color across the pad, the full orange across the shoulder pads, those things are awesome looking, man, in Tennessee orange. that's an, I think that is a cool looking uniform. Kind of like... What And everybody's doing bits now with their uniforms, so why not? I don't know if you guys saw what the University of Houston did over the weekend. But, but they put a uniform up there that was um, the old Houston Oilers. 
Yeah, it looked exactly like them. Yeah, and it got my man Alex Myers all excited because they like the uh, Tennessee uh, look like the Tennessee Oilers when they first got here. Those things were incredible looking, Brian. Frank Harris from UTSA made him look like an NFL defense. Boy, that wasn't good. <laughs> they went off. Every one of our opponents I is 0-1. Dana Holgerson team to look more prepared. That's a bad look. You know, it seems like there's a lot of teams that got a lot of hype that, yep. that just didn't live up to it, and that's one of them. It's the weekend, guys. I don't know if they'll look like that. next. I don't know who they have next week. But Now, Matt, I'm going to ask you the question I asked Bino because you clapped at me today in the blog and misquoted me, but that's all right. I'm used to it. And then we'll go to the phones. The national media is going to be all over our league, Matt, if Texas beats Alabama. You know that, right? Three signature games out of the league and three losses. And I think Texas is going to go in there and beat them. You know, Saban's already making up excuses. Either he's playing possum in the media, but talking about how their secondary is all beat up and you've got two injuries and I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if they're going to be counting his smiles. That game will be going on concurrently while we're doing Garza Law, fifth quarter fan reaction. Following Tennessee's bra for it all with Austin P. But, Matt, you have to admit that the national media, there's already, first of all, there's a huge footprint of Big Ten people who are extremely tired of the Southeastern Conference. And then the whole a western part of our country blames us for destabilizing everything, thus leading to the collapsing of their league. So the SEC is the villain. The entire free world's cheering against our league. You know that. And I asked Bino, is this a good week to cheer for Alabama? With that backdrop, and Bino said, I don't cheer for Texas in anything. So I'm not cheering for Texas, Saturday. What say you, Matt, to that? Uh, hook them horns. I, I hope Alabama I totally agree. the game they ever played. I hope, I hope that Ewers guy goes in there and throws for a million yards. Matt, we don't have quarterback playing our league. I mean, unless I'm missing something, how can you have all this money and quarterbacks are the most important thing in the game, guys. And and look at our league. Look at that's it. That's going to prevent the SEC from winning a national championship. No doubt, Bry. Unless somebody gets a whole lot better that we're not seeing. And you're allowed to get better. even in Sure the you are. There's not that many great quarterbacks anywhere. It's interesting. Year. I mean, really, really, like how, how many like elite quarterbacks it's are there in college football? Really interesting. Or like, it just name like if you were to like list your top ten. It's a great I point. Mean, That's a point not, well taken. There's not a whole lot that that are like surefire on that list. It's really a point well taken. Why? The rules are such that it's an offensive football game. It's all skewed toward the offense. These 
football factories, these quarterback factories are everywhere. These guys are getting more tutelage now than ever before. So what gives? What gives? It's a really interesting question, isn't it, guys? You know, I think that could be why you appreciate Joe Milton in a few weeks. Because Tennessee might actually be the best equipped at quarterback in the league when it's all said and done all he, this year. All he has to do, and somebody asked Josh Heupel, I think it was um, Adam Sparks, but somebody asked Heupel yesterday, what is it about your offense where guys don't turn the ball over? Hey, guys, a friend of mine asked me that. I'm going to throw this out here real quick. What kind of a player would Gitmo have been if he'd have played in this guy's offense? A buddy of mine who's a coach in another sport said, this guy's offense, you have to try to fail in this guy's offense when you're a quarterback. Matt, how many guys when he coached at Central Florida failed for him? Because they kept running him out there. One year they had like five injuries. How many guys failed, Matt? They had, they had McKenzie Milton the first year. I think he was a sophomore, junior. Then they had Dylan Gabriel, who started like the last 11 or 12 games one year as a freshman. And he was like some, you know, throwaway recruit, like low three-star from Hawaii. So Heupel's never had bad quarterback play. Especially now that he once he once he left Oklahoma and kind of tinkered it a little bit and yep. kind of has the the up tempo stuff where they where they 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 have the wide splits like he he just doesn't have bad quarterback play. So I'm not minimizing Milton. I'm not, but I wonder how good Garantano could have been if he'd had a chance playing that offense. Because you get to the line, you throw a swing pass. You, you read and recognize, get the ball in the right man's hands. Don't try to do too much. They throw the ball very little bit in traffic. A lot of it is wide open stuff. Which I completely admire. I mean, that's the name of the game. I'll tell you this. Would, you, do you think Heupel would even have Garantano well, as his quarterback? If he would have inherited him, sure. Yeah. One year earlier. If he would have inherited him, sure. Question Maybe is, could he have made a... 31 points instead of or 34 points instead of 24? Oh no, points. they. I think they scored a bunch of points. Because <laughs> in this guy's offense, because in this guy's offense, the ball go, the ball comes out. It's remarkable. Hey, watch. Look at Clemson last night. They have a hot shot offensive coordinator, air raid principles, all that stuff. They brought him in. They looked horrendous last night. There, were, there wasn't a bunch of open space, and they're playing Duke. What's it going to look like when they get on the field of Florida State? They don't, they don't have any speed, it looks like. It's weird. Except, especially from skill players. I mean, the craziest thing about Heupel. That quarterback's not getting through the Florida State game healthy. Well, that's a good point, too. The crate. Okay, he was he getting like a high school kid anyway. Y- yeah. Craziest thing about Heupel's offense is the amount of open guys that you see. 
on every play. It's nuts. And and it's not just against the Virginias of the world, you know, this one double-A game coming up. No, 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 no. It's against Alabama. It's against LSU last year. So we can overreact, right, to what we saw um, with Virginia. I'm not. I'm going to soft-pedal the season and walk up to it because I still think these guys are going to take their lumps before it's over. Who knows? But I will say this. Matt's got a good point. College football's got a quarterback problem, and that might really aid Tennessee. Because when you start looking around the Southeastern Conference, you say, okay, who's got a better quarterback than we do? Or who will get better quarterback play than we will? Or more to the point, whose offense will function better? Because I'm starting to think that this guy's not going to have bad quarterback play. doesn't matter who he throws out there. I'm not minimizing his quarterbacks. I'm not. Even when Nico steps on the field. But I'm going to ask Matt again. Matt, when's the last time this guy threw a quarterback out there that couldn't play? I don't think he ever has. And obviously they went away from Milton pretty quickly a couple years ago because he was missing open receivers. But if given time that year, he probably would have put up huge numbers. Stop and think about it. Sure he would have. If they didn't have uh, other options, you have got to really appreciate what we're seeing here in Knoxville because it's crazy. It's crazy how good this guy is. The coaching. It's nuts. The schemes. Guys, how bad did Brian Kelly's offense look the other night? How antiquated, Matt, did it look compared to what we watch? With the supposedly number one quarterback in the country, our number one quarterback in the conference, and a great wide receiving core. What did I miss? Uh, they, 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 LSU looked awful. They were, they were totally outcoached um, in the first half, especially in the second half. Uh, didn't look ready to play. They, you know, they, they, that was one of Brian Kelly's worst games he's probably ever had as a coach, and he'd probably admit that. No, they were, they weren't, they weren't ready to play at all. They looked, they looked really bad. We come back. I want to hear from you at 865-200-5402. Any of the topics we just talked about, where is quarterback playing in the, in the league? And, and Matt said around the country, where is it? The transfer portal, takeaway two. The transfer portal is a great thing for college football. And the rich have not getting, gotten richer from it. It's allowed Florida State to jump right back in the middle of the whole thing. And there are other examples of that. And Colorado now took their whole team and reworked it and might walk out of Saturday 2-0. And Matt has a really good point that he made on a Garza Law fifth quarter fan reaction, which is this. We were right where those Nebraska people were a couple years ago. We were on the we were in danger of never seeing this thing. At least we believe that. Never seeing this thing be good again. Can you imagine what it's gonna feel like? What time's that game, Saturday? You guys know? Five o'clock. Five Eastern. Tennessee. I assume you're talking about No 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 no. The Nebraska game. Nebraska Colorado. <laughs> 
I would assume it's a night game, but I have no idea. Those fans, Matt, come Saturday night. If what happens in that game is what we think is going to happen, how are they going to feel? Matt had a great point. Matt Matt and I have like been low-key following Nebraska and cheering for them the last several years just because their fan base does not deserve to be a fan base where 90,000 people come out to volleyball. No offense to volleyball. Love you. I'm for you. I'm for the volleyball player. That smacks of we need something to get behind. Yeah. Because it ain't football. Really cool stadium, though. Great stadium. That's really neat. They were out in Omaha. That was really neat. This wide open. We walked on the damn field. (laughs) Yeah. Here you'd... uh, You'd you'd being cuffed. Oh, uh, you get tased at least. Have to have Jeremy Pruitt call the police. We come back. I want to hear from you at eight six five two hundred five four zero two. Tons of subjects to talk about. I think college football keeps falling forward. In fact, I know it does. That LSU Florida State game the other night did a huge number. Huge number. I wonder what kind of number last night's game did. Because in that slot, going forward, forward, obviously you're going to have Monday night football. So I love me some college football. The Nebraska-Colorado game is a noon Eastern kick, which is 10 a.m. local time. 10 a.m. local? 10 a.m. their time if it's 12 noon our time. So it's Colorado is where the game's being played? Yes. I love when people say Colorado. Missouri and Colorado. They should name uh, Colorado Rado like they do Alabama. They call it Bama. Just name it. Just say Rado. Yeah. I think that's what Sammy formerly in the Ridge calls it. Sippy, Rado. Rado. More after this. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. Alert, alert! Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a huge announcement. We're expanding our service center to get you in and out quicker than ever. That's right, five new service bays to get your vehicle back on the road. Don't drive a Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram. It doesn't matter. Our certified technicians are trained to work on all makes or models. More service, less time. Only at Columbia Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram. Family owned and operated. You can count on us. Hello, it's me, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. July reminds me of red, white, and blue. If you were born in July, your birthstone is the ruby. King of the precious stones for its rarity, hardness, second only to diamonds. We have a beautiful collection from earrings to rings, modern and antique. If you were born in July, we'll take 10% off your purchase. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224.
In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood, along with the award-winning service and advice Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. Automobile Keys is a local, family-owned and operated car key programming business. Whether you need a smart key, switchblade key, key fob, transponder key, or just a basic car key replacement, we're your best choice for affordable, programmable replacement keys in minutes. Give us a call at 615-878-9087 or visit our website at automobilekeys.com. You can email us at cody at automobilekeys.com. Automobile Keys is a proud sponsor of Whitthorn Middle School football. Come by our van out front after the game and say hello. Go Tigers! You'll have to see it to believe it. Whoever said that must have been talking about Talladega. It's a place where chaos mixes with speed. And a playoffs weekend becomes a lifetime of memories. It's a tradition like no other. At a track like no other. And after it's all over, you still won't believe it ever happened. NASCAR Playoffs Weekend at Talladega, September 30th through October 1st. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com. Welcome back, everybody. Let's find out everything that's happening at Foodland this week. Well, this week we got a big ad because of Labor Day. Uh, some of the things we have on it is whole boneless ribeye, five ninety nine a pound. Previously frozen pork spare ribs, $1.29 a pound. Seedless watermelon, four ninety nine each. 24-pack Niagara water, three for 10. Milo's Gallon Tea, three for 10. And Coca-Cola, 12-packs, two for 10. Wow, a lot of, lot of great deals, as always. And uh, again, you are open from 7 a.m. till 9 p.m., seven days a week. So if you want uh, want some good deals and some great people uh, and a great place to shop, go check out Foodland. Miles, thank you very much, as always. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. You have a great weekend. All righty, thank you. Thank you, Miles. All right, that was Miles Johnson from Foodland. Thank him very much, as always, for giving giving us those uh, great deals and for sharing them with us. So go check them out. They're really good people. And I promise you, uh, you will not be disappointed. 
Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. Garza Law, Tennessee fifth quarter fan reaction follows each and every Tennessee basketball and football game. What am I saying? Football and basketball. Uh, each and every Tennessee football game and basketball, for that matter. But uh, we are... Looking forward to some marathon shows with you. We only get three hours here a day because, you know, what can you say? And probably this week will be a short show um, unless news breaks out that forces us to break in, which I don't think news is going to break out. And so the Thursday, the uh, the Florida game, rather, is going to be an absolute moronathon because when we beat those guys, it is going to be – on like Donkey Kong, I'm calling the shot right now. Seven hour at least post game show. First win down there in 20 years. Can you imagine the impact? I don't care how it happens. I don't care if it's a one point win. I don't care. Tennessee's got to win that game. They've just got to win that game. If you're going to be legit and you're going to take a step forward as a program, and I don't know why I'm saying this on the air, but the truth. And I've tried all summer to stay away from this, but they've got to win that game. I've tried all summer not to have expectations, but it's hard not to look at college football right now and not have expectations, Matt. Because there's an opportunity there for these guys. Oh, big, big time. And I, I think Tennessee's the kind of program and at a spot now where I don't think it's it's unfair to not have a, to have expectations I know. That, are, that are high. And I, I don't want to do that. We've gone back and forth on that kind of jokingly but yeah like i think you you can't have expectations for I've this tr- team in this program right now i've tried and going so down hard to florida and beating beating that team that is florida in I name only is is not it's not asking too much i don't want to do this though i tried so hard to not say that on the air i've tried so hard they've got to win the game it's almost a must it's almost a when you have it once somewhere in 20 years, you call it a must win. I don't know. Can you have credibility and do that? I don't know. But it's where we are. It's where this thing is. Florida is a car traveling down the road with two wobbly wheels, and all you've got to do is go over there and knock one of them off. They are one pit maneuver away from wrecking their season. And Joe Milton... Is just the man to do that. Let's go to the phones. So much to talk about. What an incredible time to be alive. To see college football change like this right before our eyes, but it keeps being very compelling. You old fogies that hate the portal have to admit it's made the game interesting. And it's taken some depth away from the Alabamas of the world. That's why they hate it. And as one of our callers said last week, and then we'll go to the phones, I'm almost to the point in life where anything that Nick Saban's for, I'm against. Anything he's against, I'm for. And he's against that portal, and I'm for it. I'm for it. Now, you're going to win some, lose some. Like Tennessee baseball this year, you know, you're going, the guy was texting around with Tony this morning. You know, listen, anything that Saban is for, I'm against anything he's against, I'm for. 
But you know, like with with, with Tony Valls, they it's going to give and it's going to take. Tennessee basketball, it's going to give, it's going to take. Our football program, it's going to give, it's going to take in time. Matt, what what we're seeing with Dion in Colorado right now, you just made an interesting comparison. Share it with the listener because I think it's interesting. Yeah, I, I just think it's it's kind of a lot like what what Tony Vitello in Tennessee baseball was two years ago. You, you know, the and, you know they now they had just come off a, a team that went to Omaha, but they you know kind of that brass just in your face style where they grabbed all the attention, um, and most of it, most people were probably cheering against them. It's what it kind of feels like with Dion. I, I think they're kind of comparable in that way. They've got, like, Miami swagger to them, Matt, like we did. There's videos of that TCU crowd really giving it to Dion, and he just he stare, he just looks right at them walking off the field. This is in warm-ups now. This is before the game. Yeah, I know it was a long time ago, but he was a former, I guess, being a Dallas Cowboy legend, and he's back in the Metroplex and – sort of becomes the enemy of a lot of the, the fans. I, that, that's been a while, but still, I thought that was interesting. Back to the phones we go. That's Hello? an interesting, like, career that Dion's had. Oh, my God. But Because it's, it's, it's not like he was given any of the job, like, the job, like, he was coaching high, like, he coached a high school game against Catholic, like, right. three or four years ago. That's like, exactly it's right. It's not like he was given, like, some job, like, automatically because of his name. Like, he actually worked his way up, and that's made him a better coach, obviously. He humbled himself and went to the HBCU yeah. ranks, guys. And everybody laughed at him. They everybody laughed. They weren't laughing when he grabbed that Hunter guy, though, on signing day. And I don't think that's over yet. I think a bunch of people are going to sign up and go play for him before it's over. Because he's going to become the it. If he stays out there, he'll be the it program. You can see that coming. Hello and welcome into our next call. Uh, hey, Tom. Yo. Hey, Tony, this is Luke. Hey, Lukey. Welcome in, buddy. I'm getting feedback. Lukey of, the, uh, Lukey of the Dome. Go ahead, Lukey. I was getting a lot of feedback. But, yep, uh, you are. Uh, anything uh, Saban's for, I'm for. Because he's, he's lifted up the Southeastern Conference. If it wasn't for him, the Southeastern Conference wouldn't be getting better and better. So anything he's for, I'm going to put a little juice into your show. Put some juice in it, Luke. Okay. Here's a bad, the first, let me, let me, one thing on the Tennessee game. Yep. That was, everything was great. Everything was great except for one thing. There's a red flag. He went, that thing he did in the first half, going for it on fourth down. Yep. Before he knew what Virginia was, you know, before how bad Virginia was going to be. Yeah. I think that's a red flag, and that's not good. But You know, Luke, I, I, I couldn't disagree with that more because they watch film. These guys know what they see. Yeah. They knew who their opponent was, Luke. They didn't respect them for a minute. Right. Not a stone-cold minute, and Luke – 
That is why they went for it on fourth down there. They treated Virginia like a practice game, Luke. It's what they did. I know, I know that. I know. Yeah. How many coaches would have so kicked a field goal, though, fourth and six? Brian, this guy doesn't care. Well, this guy doesn't this guy doesn't care, and Tony Elliott coach that game. I don't know what he's trying to do, but our guy is a stone cold, just doesn't care. Okay, Tony, I agree with you on the, the Brigham Young thing, but uh, and uh, because I think it'd been a better win for us. But was it a stroke of genius that uh, Coach Apple took uh, them off the schedule? And uh, we won a big game in Nashville where the fans could go see. And t- but he also took Army off the schedule. And he took Oklahoma off the schedule. Yes. Coach Saban did not take uh, Texas off. The I know that, right? Yeah, it's interesting, right? Yeah. I was talking yeah. with I was talking with the Bricker today, and the way the Oklahoma thing went down is interesting because it's funny you mention that because I was looking at it this morning. So they signed a deal in 2017. Um, the first game was supposed to be 2020, which obviously was coveted out because they went to an all-league schedule, so they couldn't do that. The next game was supposed to be 2024, which is why they're playing NC State instead of Oklahoma, and they're doing that in Charlotte next year. So I don't know that Tennessee could have honored that. But I do give Caduce to Texas and Alabama, though that thing was announced. They decided to go ahead and play their home-and-home rather than seek other opponents because it's truly good for college football that Texas and um, uh, Texas and Alabama rather are playing this weekend. Uh, I do think that is uh, that's a positive. But Tennessee and Oklahoma, one was coveted out, and the, and the next game was going to be 2024. So you, you can't point fingers at uh, Danny White and Josh Heupel for that because the league told them to do that is, is the backstory story on, on, on why they got out of that game. Okay. I agree with you, Tony, on the smoky gray uniform. I don't think it should be. I think the first game of the year at home should always they should wear their orange. I don't think. I, I agree with you on that. Those are hideous looking. I mean, besides the fact that you should be wearing orange and white, that's a Butch Jones tradition. Those things are horrendous looking. No offense. If you own one and you rock it and you love hey, you love what you love, I'm telling you right now, those things are ugly. And that was great on that Colorado. Coach Prime, that was beautiful. Yep. I saw the game, too. And it's going to be great if he beats Nebraska this week. And, uh, well, by the way, last night, Tony, I'm going to bring something bad up. I don't know if I should bring this up or not, but I caught what you asked Matt, that he had to up his on-the-air game. Has he done that today? Up his on-air game? Yeah, you said that. And How's he going to be on his on-the-air game? Up his on-the-air game, you know. Matt, did I say that to you? Luke said he caught it last night. Did you? Did I? You get some kind of telepathy from me, or did he get some kind of? What is Luke talking? Luke, what are you talking about? You're out of here. Don't come in here and try to start problems with my team. You clown. Did I say that to you, Matt? Uh, I, I'm not sure. Probably, probably but Let's go back. I, to I, who, who knows? Let's go back to our phones. What are you, Luke? Reading my mind? Should, should, should have blown him up when he said he 
was for anything Saban's for. Yeah, Luke. You had that coming to you, my brother. Back to the phone. Yeah, I'm giving Buzz Peterson seven years. Who just got ripped retroactively like 20 years later? Hello and welcome into our next call. Hey, Tony. It's Stephen Jeff City. Hey, Stephen Jeff City. Good to talk to you, man. First time caller, long time listener. It's an honor. Hey, I uh, want to run something by you guys. Just watching these games this weekend, LSU, Florida, and uh, Clemson last night. The one thing that stands out to me, in addition to bad quarterback play, is offensive line play. I didn't think anyone. I didn't think any one of those three teams uh, protected their quarterbacks very well, uh, nor ran the football all well. And I, I see that. Uh, I see that sort of around the league right now. That's really uh, interesting. That, really interesting. But I thought I thought offensive line play was really poor. Um, and these defensive lines are penetrating, and I think that's an advantage for Tennessee, certainly going into the Florida game. Well, just your thoughts on it. You know, Florida's hard to judge because they didn't have their center, and he's supposed to be back for the Tennessee game. Now, how much of a difference does he make? I don't know because their line looks pretty pedestrian, and it's patchwork to begin with. Now, they get another game this weekend to um, to do what they're going to do. Could it be, and Matt's posited a pretty interesting thing off the air, could it be that the transfer portal, line play is about knowing each other, understanding each other, anticipating time and space. And when you have a bunch of backline guys that are constantly transferring, looking for playing time elsewhere, and then you have a bunch of frontline teams that are constantly looking for immediate help. For instance, we were talking in the blog yesterday, tclub.team, check our blog out every day, and I wasn't going to blog yesterday, but then I started blogging because Orange Short sent me something, and I ended up, I don't know, writing a 1,000 or so words, not even intending to, but Florida State paid a guy six figures plus off Auburn's roster. We have his name in the blog yesterday. I don't know his name, but... He didn't even get on the field for him. He didn't even get on the field for him. First of all, that makes Auburn's line worse. And then Florida State's got a guy stashed there. Your point is really well taken. It looks like defensive lines are way ahead of offensive lines at this stage of the game. Like, way ahead. And the game has become so perimeter-oriented now that it seems like more teams are gambling with their linebackers and getting home. I, I don't think you're seeing things. Clemson's quarterback last night was under duress against Duke. That just shouldn't happen. All the, night. All the, night. All night. Uh, the LSU and Florida State guys were teeing off on each other's quarterbacks. The Travis yeah. guy threw three or four balls up for grabs. It should have been picked off. It could have been a yeah. different game. Matt, what about our buddy in Jefferson City's point here? Uh, that it looks like defenses are way ahead of offenses right now, like way ahead, especially at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, well, yeah I, I just think the, the portal um, negatively affects offensive lines uh, as a whole more more than it probably does other positions because it is a developmental deal where you have to have that camaraderie and 
you know, there's a lot of de- – and, and, of course, obviously defenses are, are a little bit ahead right now. I mean, North, North Carolina yeah. just abused South Carolina. I mean, that Rattler guy had yep. no chance to, to get balls off. And, and you see it in, in games across the country when – if you can't block the other team when, that, when they're, you know, up front, you have no chance. It doesn't matter what your skill guys are. Um, that's still a, 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 you know, a key part of the game. And I, I do think he, he makes a great point. I mean, Houston, this well, Frank well, Harris well. guy is a nice player. Houston swallowed him the other night, guys. I watched some of that game. Would, um, he had no chance to breathe. Know, Go ahead, Bri. Tennessee's well, had, they had a transfer come in last year in uh, Mincy, and then they had the kid from, from coming, I guess, Campbell this year. And it seems like their line has been pr- pretty good. For the most part. Yeah. yeah, but the carrot guy was kind of a miss for him. You know, that's an uneven thing. But and Tennessee hadn't been tested. To to our caller's point, when they when these when these lines go against front line defensive lines, it looks like it's advantage defense right now. Yep, it does. And the only reason Clemson was able to run the football is because of the attacking defense that Duke had last night. Uh you know, they were able to get the, what's the running back number one for Clemson? It's so good. Chipley. Chipley. I mean, that kid, that kid is incredible. That's, that's one of my favorite He's players in college football, man. It's a shame he plays for Clemson. I love watching that kid play football. Yeah. He's the only, he's the only player they got. I think and, you're right. And, you know, he was able to get between the tackles because Duke's are running downhill. I mean, they're coming after you on every snap. And uh, and that opened opened the doors for him and the and the other kid a couple of times. But I just thought I'd get your thought, your guys' thoughts on that. And that's my my thinking from what I've seen so far. These lines are going to get better as the season goes. Oh yeah, because like you say, playing together is what makes an offensive line better. And uh, and they are probably going to get better. But right now, the, the defenses are eating eating their lunch. Through one week, and I appreciate the call. Thank you. Which, which, if you look at some of these teams, you go, okay, what, what, who, what gives whom an edge? Who's who's got an edge here? You know, Alabama, Texas matchup. I was hoping in this upcoming um, window to get Killer Kowalski on, but Killer Kowalski just told me in a text. He said, "Tony, I'm buried in data because we're having to recalibrate." And he's going to come on with us tomorrow and talk about this, but they're having to recalibrate, Matt. That's uh, Zen Sportsbook's odds maker. He's saying we're having to recalibrate based on what we just saw. They're playing catch-up on the portal, which I think is really interesting, by the way. Yeah, well, even before the portal, it was always hard to – to really have a good evaluation of, of most teams because of the, the limited information that comes out preseason, so I I couldn't imagine trying to do that now. I mean, I don't know how you I don't know how you set a Colorado line well, right now. One of or, or, a, or a Clemson line, yes. Like, I mean, because you just saw how how poorly they were, and they're probably not or how good they were, and there's probably a, you got to somewhere in the middle is where they really are and where they'll be going forward. So that's that's a tough job. My guy, Mr. C, who's going to be on with us as we record uh, Miller, uh, our winners and losers uh, presented by our friends at Miller Lite on Thursday, C told me that he went through just an, a simple formula just to see how it go this week. He went through, and the teams that got named the winners in the portal, he bet on all of them. 
and he won most of his games this past weekend. Now, to our caller in Jefferson City, I don't know how long that keeps up because eventually everybody else just kind of, you know, comes back to the pack. You get a few nicks and bruises. The Colorado thing's not going to last because their, their first 22 guys are pretty good, but they're going to get beaten up. But it sure is compelling. The sport's been kind of turned on its head here. And what you thought was true might not be. And it certainly gives a window open for a guy like Josh Heupel who can play fast and loose and just do what they're going to do. It certainly helps the Vols. Back to the phones we go. Hello and welcome in. And we have a, can have a plug-and-play quarterback. It works really well it works. also. No question, Matt. Hello and welcome. Not to, to not call. to diminish the guys they have. No, no, nobody's diminishing that's anybody. A huge, that's a huge advantage that Tennessee has. I would line up. I would. I would literally crawl on broken glass for five miles firework quarterback to get in hypo system. Hello and welcome. And I'm. I think this guy could have made a very good quarterback out of Garantano. I really do. Hello and welcome into our next call. Hey, Tony, it's Parker and Morstown. Hey, back-to-back Motown callers, brother. We're doing work in Upper East Tennessee. Well, that was, I think it was Jeff City. We don't, we don't. Oh, you don't claim them? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, brah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Mossy Creek. Um, no, I, Nick Saban, I never thought I'd, I'd imagine him as a union man. But he was talking about basically the players forming union so they wouldn't have to go in the transfer portal having some kind of collective bargain agreement. I've never thought I'd imagine Nick Saban saying something like that. Nick Saban's um, depth on his football team has been completely eroded by that transfer portal. You look at the numbers, number of the migration, the number of guys that have left that program, he can't stop anymore. It's a new day, man. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, it's just the free market. I mean, if I get a job offer from another company, I'm going to take it, and there's nothing wrong with that. What's wrong with these kids doing that? Last time I checked, his coordinator from last year was with the New England Patriots. So you're exactly right. But, you know, here's the reason why I'm calling, Tony. I'm, I'm worried. I, I think that – I think Deion Sanders can end up at the University of Florida next year. What do you think, Matt? Some other people have would, posited uh, that a, to me. Would a uh, ex – Seminole, great. Want to coach Florida? He doesn't care. He's in a bad relationship with Florida State right now. Yeah, he doesn't care, Brian. I don't know if you follow the stuff with him and Danny Cannell, but they have like white hot heat. And he basically has said that his um, his alma mater is actually a school that he got his degree from. He doesn't consider Florida State his alma mater. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but Matt's right. Matt, could he? But that's do a it? scary. That's a scary thought. I hope Florida doesn't think of that. Could he do it at Florida, Matt? Yes, with all the players he get. I mean, he can get better players there than at Colorado. And I don't think he's going to have a problem getting getting talent to to Boulder. And the problem so I, with him, I, I don't want. I, that would be a very scary, very scary thought. The problem with him well, too oh, is that he could. Nightmare. Well, listen. The problem is is that he could take anybody on his roster he wanted with him. They would all follow him. I've never seen a guy like this. That Hunter guy said, 
wherever Prime's going, Hunter goes. I mean, he was like, he didn't even open The guy's a five-star player. The guy's probably the best player in college football. I mean, when you look at the interception he made and then the receptions that he made the other day, this guy's a freak. He said, wherever Prime goes, I go. I'm like, what has this guy got on you? What is he, some kind of like cult leader or something? These kids love this dude. Like you talk about Vitello, Matt, it's the same sort of uh, thing. It's that hip energy deal, whatever it is. Matt compared him to the, the baseball balls of a couple years ago. And, man, there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah, he just reminds me of, of the 1980 Miami Hurricanes. Yes. Um, and I, I think it would be, be disastrous. I think Matt's right. I mean, it, it's a no-brainer for Florida. I mean, there's, I don't see how Billy Napier survives another season, and it just seems like a – like it's just going to happen. I, I it just, I, I just, I've been scarred as a Tennessee fan all my life. We finally have things rolling. Yep. And of course, the bad would happen. And I hate to even talk like that, but it just, it makes too much sense. I mean, Florida is a perfect, perfect spot. Yep. Dion's going to get it rolling. Hopefully not. Maybe he'll just stay in the Big Twelve. But who knows? Because if they don't do something like that. Something like bring Meyer back, something drastic. They're in danger of going to Coloradoville. They'll be a great team from the '90s, who built that thing up, got hot for a while, and that is what happens in college football. This thing is completely cyclical. The Clemson people thought they were here to stay. They are getting ready to learn what we learned here, which is everything in that game has a shelf life. Every era has a shelf life. Everything, and when you watch that sport enough, that's the one thing you learn is that the wheel's constantly spinning. It spins slowly now, but now the wheel spins a little faster with that portal. I'll I'll point this out. If Tim Tebow ain't under center and if Steve Spurrier's not on the sideline, Florida's never won a championship. Hey, Brian, and I'm with Matt and this caller. If they do the unthinkable, and call him and say, we want you to come to the Southeastern Conference. And then he could tell his alma mater, I'm in a real league. That's the first thing Deion Sanders, Matt, would say into a microphone. You guys didn't want me, Danny Cannell and the rest of you. and I'm, I'm in the premier football league now. This is a guy we all thought was a joke. Are we overreacting here? Are you overreacting, sir? Are you overreacting in Morristown? No, I don't. How do you overreact? I mean, his, his son stepped on the field going from a D1 FCS program and throws for 500 yards against the runner-up of the if, national championship. And I'll say this. That's unreal. If Josh Heupel, that would be more worrisome if Tennessee didn't have a warning in the good spot they're in. Yeah, but the problem with Dion at Florida, to this guy's point, is that everybody wants their kids to play for this dude. That's a problem. Tony, I got one more question, then I'm going to off. Yeah. Um, just as a media guy, I'm curious to get your perspective. You know, Dion held the receipts, as they say. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, went after all those reporters yeah. in his, po- his post game. Do you find that? appropriate do you like it i know all the Colorado fans love it but is that something that a football coach should do i'm of the opinion that he should i mean if he's got yes. to go out there yes say this, 
he's got to support his program. But I know, of course, the media hated that he did that. I'm curious to hear your opinion. I love Thank that. You. Thank you. And I listen, one of my favorite things about doing what I do is when people, uh, coaches, administrators, whatever, will say, hey, man, that didn't, that your opinion there didn't age well, or what do you think of this now, or that's how friends talk to each other. That's what we're doing. That's how Dion played. That's who that guy is. None of that surprises me. Look, when Butch Jones does it, it's loser energy. Again, I'm back to this. When Matt made a really good point about the Tennessee uh, baseball thing with Vitello, when other managers of baseball teams do the stuff Tony Valls does, it's amateurish, it's uh, small-minded, it's thin-skinned. When he does it, it's cool, it's funny, it's hip, the media hates him. It's the same thing. To me, it's the old adage of, if you stop and think about it, people will say to me, Man, I hear some of the things you say to people on the air, and I say, well, it's not its not what you say. It's how you say it. Deion Sanders has some finesse and some emotional intelligence to him. That stuff's for a reason. It always was. It always was. Guy's a sharp guy, man. And, and, and I'm not going to waste a bunch of energy hating on him. Because he obviously has figured out something, and that something he's figured out is there's one Nick Saban, there's a bunch of glorified PE teachers, I'm going to jump right in the middle of this, I'm going to flip my roster, and I'm going to show people. I'm going to show people that it's about players. It's always been about players. It's always been about players. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter. Like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning. Built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. 
She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. TB back with you, 865-200-5402. It is so compelling. It is so utterly compelling, the first little bit of college football that we've seen. This season is going to be crazy before it's over. And Tennessee might get right in the middle of it. Who knows? It is so fun to see the Vols relevant and know that Tennessee, when they play these signature games, is going to draw a huge number. So it's just, it's fun. I mean, it's a great sport anyway, but it's it's a better obviously it's a better sport when your team's got some life to it and got some kick to it, as the Vols do right now. And um, so if you want to get in, eight six five two hundred five four zero two is the number. Matt, what are our worries before we go back to our phones? What what are we worried about coming out of the Virginia game? Because really, I I don't. I don't know there are a bunch of worries. You could make special teams a worry if you wanted to. Yeah, I mean, some of the, the kickoff and punting stuff, um, I, I still I still think the secondary will be an issue. You know, we, we talked about the, the front seven and, and the speed that they showed, and, and I think all that's valid, and that can help mask some secondary deficiencies. But I still think – you got guys in your secondary that are a step or two too slow to play yep. in the SEC. Yes. Um, now, now there might not be more than just three or four teams on your schedule that can exploit that, and I'm I'm not really sure Florida can. But I think that's an issue. Um, we'll see about the offensive line. They they were a lot better than I thought they'd be. 
that, that that might be because they went up against that defensive line in, in practice every day, and, and the defensive line has taken a big step. Yes. But I think there's still some concerns about the offensive line. Yes. Um, but other, other than that, um, it kind of all goes back to quarterback. And, and I, again, I, I trust Heupel with that. And, but not, there's really not a ton of concerns coming out of that first game, which is, which is always a good sign. Well, I do want to see the kicker in a, uh, I don't know, pressure situation, but at least get a chance to kick a few field goals before he goes to Florida. Yeah. I want to see better punting. Get in the middle of the field and kneel down a few times on third third down and get yourself in some fourth downs. Make that rugby-style punter. Or have Milton throw like a pass way over somebody's head on third Guys, down. isn't the term rugby-style punter short for not a very good punter? How many rugby-style punter punters have ever just... punted? Well, let me ask you guys this. How many rugby-style punters have ever punted in the NFL? Brian? The best punters I've seen just catch the ball right behind the center and just kick it. They don't run around with it and That's my do point. all kinds of fancy stuff. I'm I, not I, knocking I mean, this guy. It's a great stories, you know, timey kangaroo down and all that stuff, but I'm glad he's got a good arm now. I'm glad his arm is like the third or fourth strongest. Well, I think it would be it would be different if it was like some American kid who was trying it out because, you know, he couldn't make the soccer team in high school, but it's a guy who played rugby his whole life. Yep. And so I do think it's a little bit more natural, but I mean, he was awful. Awful. Those first, I mean, he shanked, he shanked two of them, right? Awful. So I, I do think that's, that's a, that's a concern. And hopefully maybe, maybe it's just first game jitters. Who knows? Clemson that, had that's definitely an issue. Clemson had a kid last night punted the ball. I don't know if you guys saw this. I don't think the ball got 20 feet off the ground. I thought it was going to kill somebody. Looked like it was shot out of a jugs machine. What forty yards? Was it Dabo's kid? Back? No, no, no. I'm sorry. It was a Duke punter. My bad. It was in the Clemson game. And they apparently have a kicker who can kick from seventy. Lane Kiffin's jealous. Let's go back to our. Let's go back to our phones at eight six five two hundred five four zero two. So much compelling stuff to talk about, and so little time to get there. Hello and welcome into our next call. You're live on the Tuesday edition Tony Basilio Show. Hi. Tony, it's uh, Zachary from uh, uh, beautiful Elizabeth. Hey, Zach. Welcome in, brother. Hey, man. Uh, on Deion Sanders, um, I've all, so I'm 44. When he was playing with the Braves and the Falcons, that guy was my hero. And just, just to a little bit about his personality, when we used to go down to games at the old Fulton County Stadium, he would sign autographs for about 30 minutes uh, on the regular. I, I mean, uh, that was kind of – they don't do that as much now, but he would sign and sign and sign in the heat before the games. He's just that magnetic. He was my kind of my hero after Dale Murphy left. I, I, wore his ba- I wore his jersey number in baseball in high school. and uh, So are you jumping on board with this right now? Zach attack? No, I'm, I'm not jumping on board. I've been on board with him, you know, for from forever. It broke my heart when he went to the Niners, and then it, and then I got uh, elated when he went back to the Cowboys because I, I grew up a Cowboys fan oh. until the time. So I mean, I've always been oh. on the climb. He, he's always been super nice. I used to send off a uh, state self-addressed stamp envelopes, if you remember that, with some cards in, and I don't know if he signed them or not, or if it was a ghost signer, but by God, he would send your cards back to you 
uh, I know that's kind of a corny thing, but... No, I, I think it's cool. I mean, look, there's yeah. something about this guy. He's got a certain magnetism about him. Mm-hmm. And he's turned college football upside down. Now, are they going to go win 10 or 11 games? No, they're not. They don't have enough depth. But the fact that you could take your team and yeah. cut your whole roster, and like Matt said, we don't know what's going to happen Saturday. They go out on the field with Nebraska and beat them. That's going to be the mm-hmm. most dispiriting thing that's ever mm-hmm. happened to that Nebraska fan base. And that includes last season. That includes seeing Scott Frost uh, lose them all till they pulled the plug on him. Um, I, I really believe that you could be seeing an ab- the end of Nebraska Saturday. I, I really think that's true. It would be great. Um, and, you know, wouldn't it be great if, you know, Clemson and – I mean, I don't, I don't – I'm not rooting for the, uh, the um, death of Nebraska, you know, theoretically speaking. But um, wouldn't it be great, like, if Colorado does get on the come up? And, I, I mean, I, I know people – good for college SEC. football. Yeah, because people are SEC, they're they're weary of the SEC. So it would be cool to have a team yep. outside of the SEC doing well. And um, um, and I, you know, I'm 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 here for it. And I'm I love what what's happened to Clemson. I like I think on the title of your show, it's like we've stolen their soul. It yes, like remind me of one of those movies where the soul is out of somebody's body and it inhabits somebody else for a little while. Now he's sucked it back and we are the real orange and we're back on the mountain and we, we ain't giving it we're not making no more t higgins trevor lawrence mistakes anymore we are back and that's uh that's where we need to be but there's so, no way if t higgins was doing this today there's yeah. no way he'd ended up over there and not be in hypel's offense no way no way no how no way and it, and you know it, what looking back on it who could blame him for not going playing for a boot oh god Boob. Guy was a boob. Guy went over there that night and had armed yeah. guards around him. And, you know, we used yeah. to call him Kim Jun Jones. Mm-hmm. And he had his own, mil- he had like a military detail around him, like Kim Jun Jun. Kim Jun <laughs> he looks just he like that guy, no offense. Like a Roman phalanx. <laughs> yes, like what are we doing? And then Dabo was sitting in the stands hanging out with people. <laughs> I know, I know. It's 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 been a it's been a long time coming, and yep. uh, uh, you know, like we've all, you you were you turned me on to that idea that Clemson stole our mojo. And Matt think, did. Uh, now we got now we got the mojo work. So Matt, we took anyway. it right back, which is really they've lost three games in a row now, guys. Yeah. Three in a row. South Carolina, they would rather some of those people there would would rather not eat for a week then lose to South Carolina. Then Tennessee well, beats them like the way we beat them, and then this? Are you kidding me? To quote Titans Bill, I think we tore their kingdom down. Thank you, brother. Good talking to you, and I love well, it. I think North Carolina took over South Carolina. It's just one state now after this weekend. Interesting. Matt, let me give you a chance here. Frankie Jr., Blaming the uh, chain gang after the game. That was a little out of left field. <laughs> that was out of the, yeah. I, that, that, I give him credit for coming up with that. That's a good line that they were eating a hot dog. 
Although I did, I think they recovered an onside kick to start the second half. They so did in a way that actually probably benefited them. But he's just just trying to find somebody to blame for his team coming out of the gate looking awful for like the third year in a row. They they obviously don't do anything in the offseason except work on special teams and TikTok videos. They got raided in the transfer portal. That's what happened to well, them. Which is interesting because he's supposed to be the kind of player type coach. That's and, right. You know, that good culture and everybody wants to come play there. That's right. Like that, I think that I, I think that's interesting that they had a lot of players, like key players, leave. Key, like the Bell guy, who was really good against us, uh, had a backbreaking run, uh, running catch against Florida State, where he was wide. I mean, this guy is flying down the sidelines, and you're, oh, that's a kid from Florida. Oh, yeah, there, there he is. They lost. Look, go look at that. The South Carolina team that beat us last year and the South Carolina team coming to Neyland Stadium, Bino's right. You could be seeing a Steve the Thrill, Tanny Hill, for the old schoolers out there, uh, type show in Neyland Stadium coming your way to a theater near you. Back to the phones we go. You're on the Tuesday edition. Tony Basilio showed a show to record. Hello. It's Rusty. Tony, I don't want to um, ruin the the Clemson and and Dabo ruining it with but they haven't lost three in a row they they beat North Carolina like a drum oh you're right I need to count the championship game you're right yeah they had they had that they did they did have that one you know victory but that's right asking why asking why people don't like Dabo yeah it's it's because he's self righteous and we all cannot stand self righteousness that's it well they pretended to be different right I know damn right well right. they were cheating. Like, they were buying everybody. Anybody that follows yeah. recruiting knows that's the truth. But it's so interesting that they won't play in the portal. Because I'll tell you this. If he doesn't play in the portal, his new name ought to be Latter-day Filmer, Matt. Because that's what's going to happen to them. If they, do, if they do not play in the portal, they will never win their league again. Florida State yeah, will win yeah. their league forevermore. They will never win their league. Ipte isn't going to allow him not to get into the portal. Ipte is going to force it. I love it, Tay. Yearly, I, I pay two athletes yearly. You know they're going to be. Right. It used they're to be, be I pay ten a year. Like they 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 were originally going around and getting ten dollars from everybody. Right. Uh, and and now Ipte stands for what? I pay two athletes yearly. <laughs> Oh, so anyway, the rugby thing. So, from what I've understood about this kid, he he can punt from inside the pocket, like you know, standing there and taking the two steps, the traditional old punting way. But they don't they they want the rugby they want to him to roll with either foot to the wide side of the field and rugby it because when he does that, he's holding the ball for like four five seconds before he kicks it, and all our guys down there at the punt returner. And there's no chance of returning it if he just punts it to the guy. He just has to catch it in fair catch because our guys are already there. There's no return game doing it with the rugby style. And the last two times of the ball game, he got the ball, he kept the ball in bounds, hit it pretty well, hit him for about 45, 48 yards, whatever. And that exact thing happened. So I'm not saying that, college college football and pro football need to be the same, but I'm asking a question: How many pro, how many rugby punters have played in the NFL? Well, do you, all you, you have to do, do you know the difference? Don't, don't 
Yeah, I, you I know the rugby style to make no, no, not no, no, turn it. There's other ways you can make it. Hit it. Tell me. Tell me the difference. Go ahead. In college football, everybody can take off on the snap of the ball and go downfield and cover the punt. Everybody can go. They don't have to wait. In the NFL, only the outside guys and the guys off the line of scrimmage yeah. can go on the snap. So you can't have everybody cover. You can't have the punter hold the ball in the NFL. So that makes a huge difference in coverage. Why can't you have the guy? Why can't you? Why couldn't you have the punter hold the ball in the NFL? Because you can't. You can't send everybody on the snap. So what? Cover. If you have gunners, and this is such a great thing, why wouldn't you roll a guy out? and hold the ball and let the gunners get downfield. Yeah, what you're telling you me is making no I mean, I appreciate it, but that makes no sense. But it, it, it's a philosophy. It's probably the same old reason that they don't think it will work in the NFL, just like they don't think that Lamar Jackson will work in the NFL. Yeah. So there hasn't been, here's my point. To me, rugby punting is short for the guy can't kick. But – Till I see he can kick, which he might be a great kicker. I don't know. He might be able to do no, it. I don't either. I don't, I don't know nothing about it. I, I mean, I know that they say he can punt from the pocket, but I don't know how good he is at any of But I do know that the doing it rugby style is to get all the guys down there and never let the other team have a return. Matt, do you have a stance on this, the rugby punter? This is something new to us. This is new here. No, I, I do think that – you know, Rusty's right in that it's it's really to eliminate the return, and that's why you know a lot of those rugby things that you get, just get a lot of roll on it, and the guy can't field it. It's to kind of prevent returns, which there's there's I think there is some some truth to that. But you know, the one way to avoid all this is to just not have to punt, and that's something I hopefully hypo and then Boy. I, you know do do a lot of times during the year they just they don't yeah. have to punt. We didn't punt a lot last year, so. No, no punting, no field goal kicking. That's right. That, that's that, that's the solution. Keep keep, keep the chains one, moving, brother. Third downs, got to go convert third fourth, downs. You know, go for it on your thirty yard line. On fourth and ones, get under the freaking center and sneak the ball. Do the Philadelphia no Eagles one. play, Rusty? Imitate yep. the gold standard in an NFL football. That's right. Just get Jalen Hurts and put three big old boys behind him and have them all just push forward and get a half a yard or a yard, whatever it takes. Well, like we did, like we did on the goal line. Because until you make that illegal, everybody ought to be doing that. Until they say you can't push a kid, everybody ought to be doing that. Everybody. Early in the ball game, though, we handed it off deep to Small on that fourth and one. Trying to just snuck Joe. Just working our offensive line against an opponent that can't score. We were using it as a scrimmage. That's all. You're right. Yep. All right. Thank you, brother. Because I'll tell you this. When they go to Florida Field, which I don't call a swamp, you can, I don't kiss her tail. When they go to Florida Field, and that situation presents itself early in a game, and there's a fourth and short, you know what they're going to do? They're going to load that backfield. They're going to give that ball to Big Joe Milton, and they're going to shove him forward, whether he wants to be or not. Because that's exactly what's going to happen, Matt, when they get in that spot. They're not going to fool around with what they did against Virginia. And if they do, you'll be able to knock me over with a fetter. Do you guys not agree with that? That's exactly what we'll see. 
short yardage plays of consequence. That's what what they're going to do. Yeah, they'll put the the two linemen back there at fullback and push. Yeah, yeah. And I Which would, is re- re- really great. I mean, it's really a simple thing to do. Yes. But you see teams every week who fool around and go shotgun and go empty and do all this exotic stuff and le- leave it to the guy who spreads the field and runs tempo to get, get under center and, and run the ball up the middle on, on short yardage deals. And I realize, look, Joe Milton is a big human being. I realize he's not a guy that loves contact. You can tell. I wouldn't want to get hit. I don't care how big you are, little you are. I mean, that looks not fun. I'm behind a microphone for a reason. However, you put him right into that center. You take, like Matt said, some girth and shove him forward, and you'll get six inches, eight inches, a foot, two feet, whatever you need. That Butch Jones thing, Matt, when they used to get in fourth and one, fourth and short, and get on that damn and get in that damn shotgun and snap that thing back seven yards is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in short yardage. And you're right, Matt. Well, hey, he every was, week it happens. Every week in college football, on the goal line. But it happens every week in college football. To Matt's point, they put that quarterback in a shotgun and give up all that room, they all that turf that they just fought for. If General Nealon saw that. He would say, what are these lunatics doing? Can you imagine, Matt, somebody from his era coming back and watching that? He would say, what are these people doing? You fought so <laughs> hard for your seven yards, and you're going to give it right back and snap the ball back there seven yards. Think about that. Think of it just it's, on its, its face. It's not just Butch Jones. A lot, the majority of teams do it. It's crazy. It's dumb, which allows... Every one of those great athletes defensively to try to find a crevice and a creek crease to get in there, and sometimes they do. You're snapping a ball out of a shotgun seven yards back? That makes zero sense. And Butch, you know the funny thing about some of these adherents to that offensive philosophy? They find it abhorrent when you say to them, why don't you use a fullback, or why don't you put some girth back there, or why don't you? Now, I will say this. Didn't Tennessee under Jones use A.J. Johnson some in short yardage? They at least did that. I'm thinking Dooley did that. Or that was Dooley? I think Dooley did that. I think his last year. Yeah, yeah I think Dooley and Cheney came up with that, and they, they might have done it once or twice with A.J., but, but yeah, I mean, they did it, but. I think it was more Dooley and Cheney came up with that one. Back to our phones. The show is fast expiring today. I've been told it's the fastest two to three hours in the history of sports. Robust conversation today. Hello and welcome in. TV, how do you build your program in the name and image of God? Do what? How do you build your program? In the name and image of God, like like Brother Davo says, out the gate. I don't know. Uh, oh, yeah, he did say that. They won a lot of games, though, man. True, but it looks like that's true. But I'm, I'm excited to see the assassin that we have on the side. Like, even this past weekend, like, you're, you're kneeling down. It, if 
you are, Carl, and have to be consulted. I'm having, like, I tell you what, man, stay right there. Get in a better cell because I'm hearing, like, every third word from you. Sounds like you're on a good phone call, though. Sounds like you're on a roll. Let's get our next call in. Hello and welcome. Hey, what's up, John? Lee, man. Hey, babe. Hey, man. So, really just want to call in real quick. Sneak the ball. Like, I'm going to tweet it out a million times over the next five months. If it's fourth and one, get under center, sneak the ball. That's what they're going to do. Look, it down's a consequence, I, 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 but, but the rest of these guys in that sport, are going to snap it back seven yards deep. It drives me nuts. It's so dumb. I, I, I can't. It, it makes no sense. It's prideful. Like, it, it's it's like saying, I know. It's like these jerks in baseball. I know better. Kyle Schwarber is a leadoff hitter. No, he's not. It's 187. Not a leadoff hitter. Stop it. It's a 40 bombs, though. But it's the, probably not the, not the leadoff hitter yet. Um, but, but yeah, like LSU on back to back possessions in the first half, Norvell doesn't do it. They, nope. they get stuffed. Then, then they get the ball right back. To, and Brian Kelly doesn't do it on fourth and one. Nope. It's, like, it's dumb. A, everybody's, everybody's probably seen it. There's a, I guess it's the Kelsey brothers. There's like a video out there. It's been out for a couple of years where he basically talks about, on these on these short yarded situations, it's the most efficient like play in all of football. You get under the center and you sneak the ball, and you get it ninety nine percent of the time. You're going to get it if you practice it just a little bit. Lee, you know, that thing you- the Eagles came up with, and I'm not just doing it because it's the Eagles. Whatever, that's genius. The rules, until you tell me I can't push a guy into the end zone, I'm going to take two of my biggest guys. I'm going to put them behind Jalen Hurts, whose legs, he squats 610 pounds. And I'm going to tell these guys, the most alpha of alpha people up front on these football teams, stop us. You cannot stop that. The last thing I'm going to do is put him in a shotgun and snap a ball to him. That's the dumbest thing in the world. That's dumb. Uh, But, yeah, I'll tweet it out a million times this year, in the pros and in college. But this is rather crazy. But so I, I did go back and I actually watched like the full Colorado game. Um, I'm not talking about anything about Dion off the field, just the game. And I, I just I do think this is really interesting. So look at that game. Colorado's defense gave up 300 yards rushing, 300 yards passing to a team that replaced its quarterback, its two wide, leading wide receivers, its running back, and a new offensive coordinator. But Morris was their starter last year before uh, Max uh, right. Max Saul Duggan came in. So game. let's be fair here. Yeah, in the first game, I mean Morris has taken like fifteen snaps in the last two years. Okay, also. point well taken. Um, um, but anyway, TCU had like eighty-two offensive snaps. You know how many times Colorado's defensive line got in their backfield? Zero. They had zero tackles for losses. Colorado's rushing yards. They, they can't run the ball because they got no offensive line. Like Salsen zero. Siri. Like their passing yards, their passing stats are ridiculous. Like their explosiveness is crazy; it's off the charts. Like success rate EPA is ridiculous, nuts stuff. But essentially, that game came down to two interceptions in the end zone and a missed field goal. If one of those plays goes the other way, is the narrative the same today? Or are you still getting calls saying Dion's going to go to Florida? Is it, now there still be a lot of hype about it? But I'm just saying this. 
they could have easily lost that game. Sure. If they lose the game, it's a little bit different. But the guy flipped his so roster, Lee, and there's a winner and there's a loser. And by the way, if Clemson didn't fumble the ball three times on the goal line last night, if Clemson didn't fumble the ball on the goal line three times, they would have won last night. So you're going to give yep. me some ifs now? What are we doing? What do you? No, that, that's what I'm saying is if they don't, it's a different story. This like, guy there's wins. There's a very fine line guy... between like the end result. Yeah, and this and guy has we set up a narrative. This guy has winner energy. He just does, Lee. Uh, nobody, you can hate on him if you want. It. You can hate on the narrative. You can hate that it's happened. This guy's got winner energy, man. There's nobody saying he doesn't. You need to bet him this week, Lee. What actually happens on the field, Lee? You need to bet them, and you need to bet the money line. You need to bet they're winning. I'll take your bets. How about that? I'll book your action on him for the rest of the year. I just, I, I, I'm not. I don't even. It's not that I don't like him. I like Dion. I think he's good for the game. But people like it's just so much overreaction for week one with everything. It's not just Colorado. It's everything that people see. Like Clemson last night. There's not a whole lot of difference between Clemson and Duke. Like, Duke has a lot of speed on that field, and Clemson is screwed up in the portal not making their team. Better. You guys called that. Time, UNC called that in real time when I was saying what kind of a month. You said, you said first of all, Elko's very good. That quarterback's damn good. And you said Duke will be in that game and they'll have a chance. To, and I thought you guys were nuts when we did that show Friday. Uh, Elko is like one of the very few exceptions where a defensive coordinator, I think, can win in modern football because he gets it. Like he's an extremely smart guy. Like he's a high IQ guy that that understands it, um, and and he knows he has to work within parameters at Duke. So he has a very specific plan on how to make things work. He's he's really really good. He's very um, next level I mean, looking I, I, too. He's yeah, very yeah. next level looking. But yeah, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just I, I feel like it's just. Like I said, it's such a fine line between winning and losing, and the results sometimes don't tell the story. I know it's a win-loss business. Trust me, I get it. But just trying to project how this thing is going to go, like it doesn't take much for things to flip. Clemson could have easily won that game last night. Oh, no doubt about it. I mean, no doubt. They score yeah, a couple it, times early, like when they should have. Yeah. But listen, I, listen, I appreciate you. I thank you. You need to put your – Heat aside with Dion and get on the train, bro. The train's leaving the tracks. You need to get on the train. Quit hating. We come back on the other side. Uh, right, Matt, he needs to quit hating. Because, but he is right about this. This whole thing of reworking sports. Where you've got Kyle Schwarber. Freaking leading off, hitting like 188. I mean, do I got to watch that for the rest of my life? In Charles Alonso, tell him who who is your favorite leadoff hitter this year? Cal Schwarber or Maui Ahuna? This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in Southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? 
experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day -day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job to defenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Come see us Saturday, September 9th, and let your first cookout be on us. With the purchase of any grill, you will receive an Omaha Steaks voucher for 12 steak burgers and 12 beef franks free. We also will have hamburgers for the first 100 customers between 11 and 2 until we run out. Come see us Saturday, September 9th at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. I am Jack Blackstone. I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. You'll have to see it to believe it. 
Whoever said that must have been talking about Talladega. It's a place where chaos mixes with speed, and a playoffs weekend becomes a lifetime of memories. It's a tradition like no other, at a track like no other, and after it's all over, you still won't believe it ever happened. NASCAR Playoffs Weekend at Talladega, September 30th through October 1st. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com. Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. TB, back with you. It is a tremendous Tuesday. We're going to do a TLD Logistics Overdrive overtime, no doubt about it. And that's coming your way here in a few minutes. We've got about five or so to play for the radio a listener. Tclub.team is where you can find us. In our third hour, we're going to... We're going to rank what's left on Tennessee's schedule from least difficult to most difficult. We're going to put this weekend's game aside because, I mean, literally, I don't know. I hope we can get to a spot where these games don't happen anymore because it's not fair to fans, not fair to participants. It's not fair to anybody. But let's go back to the phones, and we'll get our next call in. Hello and welcome. You are live on our Tuesday radio edition. Hey, Tony, this is Rob. Hey, Rob. I had five takeaways from this last weekend. Hit it. Okay, takeaway one, Tennessee had the best win in the SEC. How crazy and sad is that? That was the best win. Wow. Wow. Two. Two. This is kind of my favorite one, watching the game last night. Dabo has a 70-yard kicker. Can't hit from four yards out, but by God, he can hit from 70. Number three. That looked like one of my drives right before I gave up golf for life. <laughs> that little duck hook thing, Rob. But go ahead, continue. I love that. I, that was one of my favorite call, my favorite things. Was favorite kick maybe ever. Kicker. Favorite kick ever. Three, the best games turned out to have the opposite results. All right. Um, the Florida State-LSU game, I kind of thought LSU was going to flex its muscles and just be disciplined. They weren't disciplined. Matter of fact, Kelly looked several times like, what What the heck play was we were running here? And he lost that. Um, you know, the, the the game that we talk about right now with Colorado and TCU, maybe TCU's a ghost to who they are. I don't know. But I'll tell you this much, it was the opposite out, outcome. And Clemson, uh, Duke, yeah, no, I, that was more of a Duke game than Clemson. And those games, the big, the big titles, Wound up being the big, uh, the opposite. We also thought to go back to Thursday. We thought that Utah, having playing third and fourth string, probably could not stay on the field with Florida. That was wrong. So the big games wound up turning out opposite this last weekend. I don't know if that trend continues, but it's pretty amazing. Well, and, the fifth, w- and if okay. that does, if that holds true, Texas is going to beat Alabama this weekend. But continue. Exactly, exactly. But th- we have to end in Alabama. Watching that Alabama game, the whole comment the whole time through was t- Alabama has decided uh, that college football is going to murder ball. And that's th- the joyful murder ball, they call it. And so for 45 minutes since they said that no one's scoring in the uh, in the country anymore and everybody's looking for better defensive slow games, that's what Nick Saban has decided that college football is going to. 
And it was murder ball, murder ball, murder ball for four quarters against MTSU, where, for the most part, his line did not stand up as well as you'd think against uh, MTSU. Interesting. And so to me, it's like going, is is Nick Saban just saying, I'm going to will that we're no longer having an offensively based football anymore? Is that... Do we really believe that he can do that? That's kind of a take. I-